Are you filled with power? Awesome. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word, God. I thank you that you are awesome. I thank you that you are power. <laughs> I thank you that this power lives in us. Thank you, Father, that, that we are not weak, but we are powerful. We are not fearful, but we are powerful, God. Thank you, Father, that you're raising up a generation of people that are strong and mighty and courageous and brave. And I thank you for each and every person that is here today, God, that is about to hear power, that is about to receive power for their life. And Father, today we, we come before you and we, we lean into your word. We lean into what you have to say to us today, God. And Father, I thank you that every person that is here will experience your love. They will experience your presence. They will experience your nearness in your word, God. During this time of talking, God, that as they listen, that they would lean into the, into the word, God, that their hearts would be open. And Father, today I pray that every person would be filled with the spirit of, of conviction today, God. That as we hear your word, that revelation that comes to us, that our hearts will be open to revelation. Our hearts will be open to understanding. Our hearts will be open, God, to a spirit of understanding. And right now, Lord, I just declare your love upon these people today. In Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen. Come on, why don't you thank the worship team? Thank you, guys. You know, Jesus... In John chapter 4, when he's talking to the woman at the well, um, you guys okay? Be him quiet. <laughs> when Jesus is talking to the woman at the well in John chapter 4, he makes a, a statement to this woman and he says to her that if you drink of the water that I have to give you, this, you will never thirst again, one. And the second thing is you, this water in itself will become a spring that will become a river of living water in you where you not only are quenched of thirst, of your thirst, but also you will be like a river flowing out into the cities around you. And so Jesus is telling her, woman, don't call your wife that. Although she's a woman, but don't say it like the way Jesus said it. Don't say woman, because you might get... Something thrown at you. So he's saying, woman, <laughs> the water that I have to give you will quench your thirst. And this water will become a river that flows out of you. And this woman, while Jesus is talking to her, they go back and forth on, on, on this dialogue. And Jesus begins to talk about her husbands. You know, I, I know we've preached about this many times. Okay. But I, I'm just cutting it short for time's sake. <clears throat> And Jesus gives this woman a word of knowledge about her five husbands and the man she's living with who's really not a husband. Have you ever been with people, <clears throat> I've been with people who are like this, that when they realize that you're a Christian or when they realize you're a pastor, they talk all the rubbish, but when they realize you're a pastor, oh, pastor, you know about worship, you know the worship on Friday was... It's like they talk about adultery and their five husbands and, and the one they're living with is not their husband and they're pretty chilled out until he, she realizes, oh my gosh, this guy's a prophet and he, he knows he's from God. He's, he's a man of God. 
It's a man of God. Let me talk about worship. <laughs> and she goes straight from sin into talking about worship to Jesus. And, and she's really talking about the greatest worshiper that has ever lived. He's talking to, she's talking to the greatest worshiper who has ever lived and is still living today. There is no human being on this planet who worships better than Jesus. And she's talking to him about worship where we worshiped on this mountain and you say that this mountain is the right place and, and that temple and all these places and Jesus says, woman. <laughs> A time is coming and I want to take you to verse 21 right now. I want you to say it with me. Woman, believe me, the hour is coming. Let's do it again. Woman, believe me, the hour is coming. When you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father, you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is of the Jews. For the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. For God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. You know, I really love this song because it, it really communicates that Worship is powerful. It's an act of, of power. It's an act of war. Worship. Today, you know, it's been four years, almost four years since we started this church. It's amazing, isn't it? Amazing. You've done really well. <laughs> You've done really well. Week after week, week after week, week after week. The miracle signs and wonders and... Living on the word of God, you've done well. <clears throat> and uh, in four years of, of being the pastor of this church, I've never taught on worship. But we worship like there's no other church that worships like us. But today, I want to teach on worship. Okay? Everything, I'm telling you, everything today is set up in such a way that you're going to walk away victorious today. And we're going to get back into worship. That's why we, we kind of stopped it a little earlier so that we can, we can respond to revelation, right? <clears throat> so the title of my message uh, today is The Power of Your Worship, okay? All right? So while Jesus is talking to this woman about worship uh, and this woman's talking to Jesus, they're having this conversation Jesus throws two lines to her that I really want to talk about. He makes two sentences in this whole passage that to me sums up a worshiper. Okay? The first statement he makes is, he says, he tells her, you do not know what you worship. But we know what we worship. Sorry, it, it, I mean, in English it just doesn't make sense because you worship someone you know. You worship Something. But when Jesus says, you do not know what you worship, for we know what we worship, he's talking. That word what over there is a demonstrative pronoun. 
Which means that worship is a response to knowledge. Worship is not singing, dancing, clapping, running around, and doing all of that. That is an expression of worship. But worship in itself is a response to the knowledge of God. How you respond is between you and God. How you respond to God is between God and you. You know, a lot of the times people love worship. Actually, they love singing and music. But they don't really love worship. Because to worship God means you need to know Him. If you don't know God, you can't worship Him. Why? Because worship is a response. I'm responding to the knowledge. I know God and that's why I'm responding to Him. Let me, give, make, let, me, let me make it very simple for you. When Kelsey and I, before we got married, we spent a year and a half. It wasn't planned, but we spent a year and a half getting to know one another. Right? Yes, love. Year and a half. I counted. <laughs> I, was, I was counting the days till we get married. <laughs> but we spent a year and a half... Uh, uh, just getting to know one another. And you know, we, uh, when she would come from her flights, we would, uh, I would go pick her up and then drop her home and then she would get ready and we'd drive to the beach or we'd go out and have dinner somewhere. And uh, to, to, to people, it's just normal thing. This is what couples do. And, you know. But if you were to look at it as a, in, in, in your relationship with God, what I was doing with Kelsey before we got married was I was trying to get to know her. It was in those moments that we would sit on Jumeirah Beach and drink one dirham chai. Because the budget did not allow Starbucks <laughs> in those days. Okay? We would sit down together and, and we'd drink one dirham chai for hours. <laughs> not four hours, four hours. Okay? And we would sit and we would talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. I did most of it. That's why she knows me more today. <laughs> but there were times that Kelsey would talk about herself and she would talk about her family and she would talk about, um, uh, you know, uh, just her, her nature and, and who she is and how she makes her decisions and, and what she likes and doesn't like and, and all of that kind of stuff. And, and I found myself placing a value on Kelsey. I found myself placing, giving worth to her because I found... Something about her that I really loved. I, I love that about you. I really admire that about you. I love your tenacity. I love your patience. I love your, your peace. I love your rest. I love the way you make decisions. I love the way... I can just keep going on, I'm telling you. <laughs> 12 years and I can write a book and maybe volumes of books about my wife and I. But it's amazing how much knowledge we got, I got from Kelsey in that one and a half year that, that made me, I was sure, 100% sure that this is the woman for me. No doubt, no doubt. But I found myself in those days where every time uh, before I could meet her, I would be excited. I would be like, man, I, I need to buy her some flowers. I need to buy her a box of chocolates. And sometimes because of the heat, I would go pick up her suitcase from the, from the airport and I'll come back to the car and the chocolates would have melted in the seat. <laughs> and she'd be like, don't worry, it's okay. 
we can get chocolates another time. But then she had to sit in the back seat because I had to like clean the chocolate <laughs> off the front seat. Just involving you into our lives. <laughs> See, but, but all these little things that happen, we, we don't ignore these things because it is in these moments that I understood who she was. I got to know who she is to me. And Jesus is trying to say it's the same thing. He's saying, you worship what you know. That word what means that someone has demonstrated himself to you. And because of that demonstration, you know who he is. And I found myself, because I value her so much, I would prepare myself. I would get ready. I would organize my life to make sure that, that I'm there for her. I am picking her up. I mean, when we started going out, she never used public transport or even the company transport. Even it was 3 o'clock in the morning, I would go to the airport and pick her up, drop her back to a, ho to a hotel, to her, which it felt like a hotel, uh, her apartment building because she was Emirates cabin crew. And then I would drive home, sleep for two hours, and then go back to work. But I found myself doing things for Kelsey that I would not do for ordinary people. That is worship. Do you understand? Worship is not just singing. Singing is just the expression. Worship is not buying flowers. The flowers is just the expression of the value in my heart that I feel for God. See, many Christians come to church, but they don't know him. Many Christians come to church and sing, but they don't know who they're singing to. Oh, come on. I, I think I'm preaching to the right church today. Yeah. <laughs> Because I took time, I found myself wanting to be in the places that I knew Kelsey was going to be in. Ooh. And I would, I would wear my best clothes. Right? Not to make an impression on her, but she was already impressed. I mean, I mean, look at me. I mean. <laughs> hey, hey, man, I'm telling you. Amen. 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 <laughs> I found myself wanting to be where she was. I found myself preparing myself to be where she was going to be. And there was an excitement about that. Because I know that in that moment, I'm going to, I'm going to understand her even more. See, God reveals himself to us. All the time. Do we take the time to spend time with him, to know him? Mm. Listen, worship is powerful. Let me tell you something. If you, want to, if you want to have power flowing out of your life, you need to know the source of power. The source of power is not... Human beings, the source of power is not just the church. The source of power is God himself. And when you spend time with power, guess what's going to happen to you? You become full of power. See, but when you demonstrate that power, when you respond to God based on his knowledge, the knowledge that he gives you, the knowledge that he, the way he reveals himself to you, he does it because he loves you. He does it because you are pursuing him. See, God will not throw pearls before swine. Do you understand? He will not reveal himself to people who don't care about him. He won't reveal himself to Christians who don't really want him. 
Ooh, I'm... But when we understand that just like Kelsey and me, we, we, we take our time. We make a plan. Okay, I'm going to meet you there. Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> we do our own thing, okay? Let those guys go. We, we do our own thing. Do you ever find yourself saying that to God? Do you ever find yourself saying, saying, God, can I have some time with you on the beach? Just you and me. No mother, no father, no children, no dogs, no phone. Because in those days, we didn't have Facebook. The only face I was looking at was... <laughs> Very beautiful face. But what I'm trying to propose to you, not to you, but what I'm trying, in what I'm saying, what, I, what I'm trying to say to you is God is more interested in revealing himself to you because Jesus says he seeks worshipers. See, when, when I would go and buy the flowers and the gifts and, and I would make the plans for dinner and do all of those things, that is just an expression of the value that I have in my heart for Kelsey. When people don't spend time with God, you coming here on a Friday and putting money in the, in the offering without knowing him is pointless. Now, see, see, the word says, where two or three are gathered together, there am I in the midst. So you know that God loves it when people gather together. He's attracted to people when they all gather together. So now we know that God is in this place. Why do you make plans on a Friday to do something else? Come on, Come on. Come on. Come on now. Come on. We know that God is attracted to life group. Right? Oh no, I have a headache. No, no, I feel fever coming on. I feel a headache coming close, Pastor. That's why I didn't go. You, you understand how stupid we sound. And you come here to a Friday and there is power when we worship. Power, 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 power. And all of that drama you're doing without even knowing God. There's no point of buying flowers for your wife if she's allergic to flowers. <laughs> huh? <laughs> that would be pretty dangerous. If you know that she has breathing problems because of allergies to flowers. Sweetheart, I love you. <laughs> Unless there's other intentions. Huh? <laughs> and you're giving her these flowers and she's going to look at it and go, man, this is, I don't want this. Do you understand? Same thing with God. When you don't know what he likes, when you don't know what he wants, what are you doing? What are you giving to him? What are you, how, what is your expression of worship like? 
I mean, for me, because the way that the gift that I have to, is to sing. Music is something that God has given us, given me. And the way I express myself the most is in worship. I, I just sing. Music is something that I just naturally do. I wake up in the morning with music in, with, with music in my heart. But the thing is, music can be in your heart. You can press play, press stop, press forward, press rewind. You can sing the line over and over again. But if it is not directed... If it's not directed to someone you know, yeah. what is the point of it? If I know that my wife doesn't like a certain song, and I sit down with the guitar, I said, baby, <laughs> come and sit. And I sing the song that she doesn't like. It's not called worship. Although I'm putting my heart in it, I'm giving my soul. My fingers are hurting. Don't, can't you see my sacrifice, pastor? I'm coming to church. I'm giving an offering. Why is my life not blessed? It's not blessed because you don't know the one who releases the power for the blessing. We worship what we know. What do you know of God? I'll ask you the question again. What do you know? About him that he's told you. A lot of times we, we, we lean on the pastor. We lean on the life coach. We lean on T.D. Jakes and Benny Hinn and all these. Press a button on Sunday, man. On YouTube, you can get church from morning till night. And you will be filled. Filled. All this word. Oh, my God, Joel Osteen. My goodness. I feel encouraged. Wow, man, Bill Johnson, man. I'm telling you, when he drops the revelation, it just dro it's a drop the mic moment. <laughs> and we talk to one another about, wow, God, man. I mean, he, the way the presence of God was, a, you have no clue about the presence of God if you don't know God. If you truly call yourself a worshiper, which is why I said, hey, today your, your, your revelation of worship is going to change. If you truly believe God has called you to be a worshiper, then in order for you to be a worshiper, you must worship someone you know. It's worship. You're giving worth. You're giving value. You're attributing value to someone that you know. Then it's called worship. See, we worship one another all the time. Oh, my gosh. I, I think I, I'm dropping it today. And you're feeling it. Are you guys okay? Yeah. Everybody worships everybody. Please, don't think worship is only for God, brother. To God be the glory. No, no, no. We worship one another. I worship my wife in the way I seek to know her. And based on that knowledge, I respond to her. Come on now. That response to revelation is worship. I'm giving her worth. She has her revelation, her knowledge to me has, has placed a value in my heart. And based on that value is what I respond to her. See, I'll tell, me, I'll tell you something. Husbands and wives. I'm going to, today is good, six today, six. Six out at the stadium. Eight runs. Husbands and wives, you know, something happens after many years of marriage. <laughs> Something happens. It's just like, yeah, 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 I know him. I know. I know him. I know. I know her, man. I know. I know. I know what she likes. 
when you start saying I know him and all of that, you've become too familiar with the knowledge that you had. Familiarity has crept into your marriage where now the desire to know you more is gone out of the window. Because I don't know you more every single day. I don't know you more and more and more. I don't seek to know you more. That excitement goes out of the window and now I start treating you based on the knowledge I had and not what I know and I will know. Do you understand? You understand? Do you know what religion is? Religion is responding to God based on knowledge you had, not what you know. Religion is responding to God or worshiping God based on a revelation that you had of God, not what you hear today. Man, you wake up in the morning and if husband and wife are not talking to each other, there's a problem. There's a problem. And because of the problem, it's caused a distance in the communication. And when there's a communication gap, the heart grows cold. <laughs> you guys okay? I think I'm, I'm, all the single people are looking at me going, how does this, what? <laughs> all I said in the beginning is think about it with your relationship with God. The reason why you don't hear God's voice is because you don't make time to hear his voice. Your reason why you don't hear God's voice is because you don't, there is no intention in your heart to pursue him to hear his voice. Oh, let's do youth group. Let's do young adults. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's keep them entertained. Give them an iPad. Give them an iPhone. Let's do this. Let's do that. Nobody's talking to anybody. The iPad is talking to the child. Now I'm, I'm thinking, now I think you, you know what I'm talking about. So now the child grows up worshiping the iPad and has no relationship with the mom and dad. Listen, we're all guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. All of us fake our relationship with God. We all pretend, all pretend. I'll tell you how. You do something else with people, you come and stand in front of me, you act like you're holy. When no Christians are around, there's another form of acting, another form of worship. The dance moves that come out when there are no Christians reveal a side of you that worships. No, no, but you're worshiping those people. You're responding to that revelation. When you're, when you're, when you're not hanging out with Christians, uh, you tend to wear clothes that are... That make other people know you more. <laughs> oh, Jesus, help us today. <laughs> help us, Jesus. Please help me today. It was about worship. It is about worship. You're giving someone worth. You're giving someone value. Why would you value someone? Why would you give somebody something that God has given you that is so valuable, so cheaply? Why would you? Why would you? Why would you? It's because one, you don't know yourself. Because you don't know yourself, you undervalue yourself. 
And that's why when you undervalue yourself, you give yourself cheaply to any man that walks, any woman that walks in front of you. Let me, while, while we're at it, let me tell you one more thing. I never went to Kelsey when I was getting to know her and I said, oh, I got my salary today. I'm going to give you a tenth of my salary. Ooh. I came to Kelsey and I said, what is mine is yours. Take it all. Why do we come to church and we treat God like he deserves a tenth? Power when we worship. <laughs> oh, Jesus, have mercy. Are y'all okay? There's grace for this word. I'm telling you, Archer, you will never be the same. <laughs> Can you imagine how stupid it sounds to God? We go to God, God, I gave you my tenth. I demand a blessing. Uh, let me tell you, your blessing does not come because of your tenth. Your blessing comes because of knowing him. Amen. How many of you actually treat God like he's religious? <laughs> How many of you know that God is not religious? So why would you give him a tenth? You give him a tenth because you don't know him. And you depend on a church and the understanding and the interpretation of a man... To be the, the boundaries of, how, of your relationship with God. How can you have boundaries in a relationship with husband and wife? How can you have a boundary? There's no boundaries. When the day I got married to my wife, guy time and guy days and guy nights and all of that just went out of the window. Literally, it fell from the 150th floor of Burj Khalifa, never came back again. There was no resurrection. There's no guy day. There's only Friday. <laughs> I, want, I want to tell you something we create such boundaries in our relationship with God that God if I do this you must do this and if I, you do this I'll do this and I'll give you my heart and if you do it no 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 bottom line go to the beach take your Bible with you and say I want to know you and everything that he reveals himself to you as Use that to build a value in your heart for him. And when you have a value in your heart for him, begin to do things for him. See, when the, the, this is the reason why we create. This is the body of Christ. That's why you bring your finances here. Are you, are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. When, I, when Kelsey and I started going out, I came to her with my entire salary. Even till today, <laughs> my entire salary is given to her. It's not that I don't know how to manage money. I know how to manage money. I spend it really well. <laughs> but because I know her, I trust her. Hey, what is mine is yours. What is yours is mine. The Bible even says your body does not belong to you. Your body belongs to your husband and wife. It doesn't even belong to you. So when we come to church, why do we treat it as a church and not a body? Come on now. Come on now. The reason why we treat it as religion, we come here, we stand up. Okay, now they're going to give announcements. Okay. Oh, testimonies. Now, I'm, now okay, if I don't sh shout, then 
she might get upset and she might shout if I don't shout. So I shout, Oh gosh, I, I, I shout from 2.30 till like 6 o'clock. <laughs> and, and you want a breakthrough in your life with that kind of an attitude? You want this God to work for you? Huh? Ah, let him prove himself to me. Right. You stick with that and we'll see how far you go. And when nothing is working out, you can come back to this message, listen to it again, and then get to know God. And when you know him, start living for him. See, this is the reason why you come and do special things for God. You come and serve. You come, you, you, you come and serve, you help put up the chairs and the stage and all of this and you help with, the, with, with events and you help with setting up everything. You, you do it only because you have such a value for him. See, people in, in our church have loved John and Kelsey so much. They say, man, we, we will give ourselves, give our lives to you. Can you do that for Jesus? Because that is your worship. That is worth your service to God. Standing at the door, welcoming people, saying, hi, welcome. You know, God loves you. This is going to be an awesome day for you. There's a miracle about to happen. Coming to the guest center, serving people coffee and tea, doing whatever you need to do. You're not just doing it for John and Kelsey. You're doing it for Jesus because you know him. If you think that up until now, you were doing it because, man, you know, I left that church now. I have no other place to go. So I come and serve you. Like, oh, okay, whatever. Let me do it. Well, that's your attitude towards Christ. But see, even with that attitude, he still loves you. No matter what you do, he still loves you. And that's why he wants to give you this word today. <laughs> so that you can stop behaving like that. Because you are hindering yourself from walking in blessing after blessing. Are you with me? Have you gone into church mode? Have you gone into church mode? It's relationship. You come into church... It, the body, it's about a relationship with the body. How can you have a relationship with the building? Oh, come on, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, how can you have a relationship? People look at the, the temple. Oh, too good. They travel all the way to, to Spain. Oh, my God, look at this. The architecture, brother, so, and God only gave this person this creativity, and you have no idea who this God is, but you're talking about him. God is the one. Man, he's a creator. How I know Genesis. God spoke. So if God spoke, then the building should have appeared, no? Do you, do you understand what, what's happening? You have no clue who your God is. Come on, man, I'm speaking the truth. This is the place that God is going to set you free today. Since you're, I have your attention now, let's open our Bibles to Mark chapter 4. <laughs> it's a good day today. Wow. Mark chapter 4, this is a, another familiar passage, but I've got a twist on it. So we're still on the first point, huh, by the way. The longer you take to understand... The second point is further and further away. 
<laughs> I've taught on this parable many times, but I've, I've got something new that God wants to give you. It's from the last line, but we'll go through it. <clears throat> Verse 3, he says, listen. <laughs> like you're telling the woman. He's saying, listen. Behold, a sower went out to sow. So the responsibility of the sower is to not stitch, sow seed. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell amongst thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and yielded no crop. And it yielded no crop. But the other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. And he said to them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. It's very interesting that the responsibility of the sower is to sow. A sower, a, a person who sows is a sower and not a thrower. There's a difference between a thrower and a sower. Am I speaking to the right church? Are you awake today? There's a difference between a sower and a thrower. A thrower is someone who walks into church, has no care for you. Take it or leave it. A thrower is someone who just throws whatever. If you catch it, catch it. If not, walk away. But a sower is somebody who sows with intention. He sows with intention because he knows. Mm, come on now. It's about knowing right now. Are you with me? The intention of the sower is to sow. So if you, if you read through this chapter, Jesus begins to tell you what the meaning of this chapter is. Right? <clears throat> and he begins to talk about the sower who went out to sow seed and, he, and, and the seed is God's word. Are you with me? And that seed is given by God to the sower. Which means what I'm doing right now is I'm sowing. Right. And then God begins, Jesus begins to describe the different types of ground or the state of the heart of people in the church. Or you can say these different states exist in one person's heart. Okay. Are you with me? I just saw cancer leaving someone's body. Hmm. Um, if you have lumps on your body, it's disappearing now. If you have lumps, whether it's lumps under the armpit, on the breast, on your back, it's disappearing now. <coughs> See, you know what I've done? I've just sown seed. And if you value the seed, if you know what is coming to you, even if you don't have it, 
that if you receive that, just, just think about this. If I say God is healing someone with cancer, I just take, even if I don't have cancer, don't have a diagnosis, I take that word and I say, God, I thank you for this word and I receive it into my body. Now that word begins to protect me from cancer for the rest of my life. Do you understand? It's a different way of looking at the word of God. So celebrate every word that comes. Right. See, you need to understand Romans chapter 10 and verse 14. It says, <clears throat> how will they call upon God if they don't believe? How will they believe if they do not hear? How will they hear if no one preaches? Are you with me? Romans chapter 8 and verse 10, 10 verse 8 says, the word is near you and it is in your mouth to speak it. So which means I'm releasing the word to you so that... You can now hear the word, and from hearing, you can believe the word, and believing, you can now call upon God, and he will hear you, which means God does not respond to any language, he responds to the word. You want a breakthrough in your marriage? Respond to the word. He responds to the word. How does it happen? It only happens when you hear the preaching of the good news of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Coming back to Mark chapter 4. <clears throat> so he begins to talk about the different types of, of ground. He says the wayside. Somebody say wayside. wayside. Not west side, wayside. <laughs> and we know wayside are the types of people or the state of your heart that when, please pay attention to this one, okay? It's like when, when the sower sows seed like this, he sows seed and he's giving it with the intention of changing your life. Your heart is so hard that it just falls and falls to the ground. It just, the word hits you, doesn't even go into you. It just hits you and falls to the ground. You walk away from here and you have absolutely no word. Your life has not changed. You've been in this church for four years and you're still the same. Same yesterday, today, and you will never be the same forever after today. Amen. Amen. <laughs> but, so, so the person who has, a, who has a hard heart, people have walked all over me, brother. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I've been in the church for so many years and, you know, they've used me, they've abused me, they've done this, they've done that. They've taken all my money, they've taken all my goodwill, they've taken everything from me and now I have no, I have no feeling. I can't feel anything. I come into the presence of God, I can't feel anything. No, you can't feel anything because you've allowed people to walk over you. You never said no to people. So sometimes you should say no. By the way, as of today, I'm saying no to borrowing and lending money in the church. Okay? As of today, no more borrowing, no more lending. If you're going to do it, if you're going to give people money, if you're lending people money, don't lend. Give. Give based on the Holy Spirit leading you. I don't know. I need to say this because I'm telling you, this thing will creep into the church and it will destroy relationships. Learn how to say no. It's not because of a hard heart. It's not because you, you, you don't empathize with people. You, don't, you, you need to understand, in a culture like this, we value the word over money. Do you understand? When, when you are in a, in a financial a difficult situation and you need money, we come into your life and give you the word. When we give you the word, now the word begins to bring the breakthrough in your life. 
That way you know God is God and you get to know him and now your worship is a little different. Otherwise you come to church because Pastor John gave you money. Huh? And now when you don't come on a Friday, you get his message, you feel that fear in you. You feel like, oh man, you know, I took money for it. I was like, ah, oh, shucks. As of today, from today, I'm, I'm giving you the freedom not to lend money. If people ask you for money, say this. I will pray and ask the Lord. And if he gives me the permission to do it, I will give it. Because you're not, it's not your money. You're stewarding his money. Be very careful what you do with his money. Because if you give money, you invest into poverty, that's what you will reap. Come on now, today's a good day. Do you understand? I'm very careful as to who I bless. I don't even say the word bless you. Because I, if you're in sin, I'm not going to bless your sin. But if you come to me and you say, hey, I'm struggling with this and I need help, then I will bless you. Because I understand the power of my tongue. Jesus, God, threw Adam and Eve out of the garden because in their sin, if they ate of the fruit, they would have remained alive in sin. We have to help people with the word. Not with money, with the word. Am I clear? Don't come to me and say, this person took money from me and they're not giving it back and all that kind of stuff. You do it on your own risk. Is it clear? You must be led by the Spirit. We do all things being led by the Spirit. Listen, Kelsey and I have given people hundreds of thousands of dirhams. Okay, not one person, but many people over the years. But every single time that, that, that person needed money, the Lord would speak to us and say, we will go and give it to them. You don't need to tell me that you're in need. The Lord will tell me. You understand? We're in a culture where everybody is learning to hear God's voice. If you need money, ask him. He will tell somebody and they will come and give you the money. You understand? It's very simple. So coming back to the wayside. Say wayside. Wayside. That person who, 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 when they're sitting in the room and the word falls on them and it just walks away, walk out of the room unchanged. But I want to tell you, in, in Jesus' uh, interpretation of his own words, he says, Satan, are you listening? Yeah. Listening, are you listening? You sure? Yeah. You sure? Yeah. Satan comes and steals the seed away. Yeah. That must tell you who's closest to you. I'll let that sink in while I drink my water. Just think about it. If you're sitting in this room and God is giving you the word and you walk away and you're sitting here like, yo, your thoughts are gone to some other place. What movie to watch? All that kind of stuff. What do I eat? Oh, yeah, man, I'm here because of my wife, man. You know, like, what the, yeah, yeah, I'm stuck. I can't go anywhere. I have to bring the kids in. Yep, exactly. I know who your friend is. I know who's closest to you. Because Satan is waiting for the seed to drop. And every time the seed drops, he's there. And if it falls off you, he takes it. And he's watching you. Wayside. Anybody wayside? Now is not the time to put your hand up. <laughs> instead, of doing, instead of helping you, I'll have to cast out. 
someone that's around you. Do you understand? You, you, you understand why it's important to receive the word? Because if you don't receive the word, you attract something else. I don't like putting fear into people, but there's an enemy that is about to kill, steal, and destroy. But God wants to give you life. Say amen. 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 So the second one is a stony ground. Right? These are not people who get stoned. But they are stony ground. These are the, the people who have the, the, they receive the word with gladness, but they have the issues in the heart, you know. Oh, unforgiveness and, oh, pastor, the character flaws and all that kind of stuff. The drama is happening on the inside. All the stones, uh, the wayside that was on the outside is now on the inside. And, oh, they're not willing to deal with it. And the, and the word comes and gets into them. And because there's no depth in them, the word dies. Yeah, now, listen, prophetic words that were given to you, right, that you did not receive, that you did not allow to go deep into your heart, died. Because you did not allow the, the issues in your heart to be removed. The character flaws, the things that you do when no one's watching, all that stuff. If you don't remove it, the word does not go deep in. The word does not go deep in. When the time comes, when temptation comes, when trials come, when tribulation comes, when the recession falls, you're the first one to fall. You're the first one to lose your job. You're the first one to, to face the brunt of all the heat that is coming. You're the first one. Why should you be the first one? When the seed of God's word, which is so powerful, will give you the power to withstand every storm that is coming in your life, it's because you have no word in you. I think I'm preaching to somebody. The third thing is the thorny ground. The guys that have unforgiveness, bitterness, hurt, anxiety, fear, depression, like all this stuff. Ah, oh, can't come close to you. I want to hug you. Don't touch me. I want to pray for you. No, 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 don't pray for me. Hey, I just want to get to know. No, 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 don't get to know me. Don't. I've had enough. This church stuff is enough for me. I, I've had enough for this. They hurt me. They did this. Thing. Listen, nobody can hurt you. Nobody can hurt you. Only you allow yourself to get hurt. Do you understand what I'm saying? Only you allow people to hurt you. No, my husband said this and my wife said this. Yeah, yeah, why are you taking so seriously? Why are you taking it so personally? They're saying it because there's something in you that needs to be addressed. Deal with it. Remove the stones. Am I talking to someone? Yeah. And the fourth ground. This is where I think most of us are there, right? Yeah, the two of you. Awesome. Good ground. Are you there? Are, are you good ground? Are you sure? You, are you sure you know your good ground? Because after I tell you what I'm about to tell you, it will be proof. <laughs> huh? Look, the <laughs> listen to what Jesus says. But the other seed fell, verse 8, fell on good ground and it yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced. Look at me now. After a Friday service, do you walk out of these rooms and, and do you have this happening in your life? No, no, no. Listen, you can't just say yes. Everything that I've said, 
and yielded a crop that sprang up. Do you have miracles in your life that are springing up? I mean, I've dropped prophetic words that are like, my God, you are manifest sons. Have you started manifesting? Well, come on now. That's the, it's the truth now. It yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced. Getting quiet. I'm talking about worship. Don't worry. Yeah, I'm talking about worship. If it's not, then we need to really see who we are. Because we don't know the state of our heart. Because we think we have one miracle happening. Oh, I'm, I'm safe, I'm safe, I'm safe. No, 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 no. Let me tell you how, how God's, the seed of God's word works. It, 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 it sprang up, increased, and produced some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. Do you know what 100 fold means? Can I have a piece of your paper, please? That book, one piece of the paper, please. Just one page, just rip it and give it to me. You know what she's done? It's because she values me, she worshipped me. No, no, you didn't get it. I, blank, I'm getting blank looks from people. That is worship. Because she knows I am in need of it, she tears something that is valuable for her, that she values, and she says, you are worth it. Come on now. Worship. Right. So it's a piece of paper. For the ones who are listening on SoundCloud, you I wish you were here. Next time, come to church. Because God is here. Just letting you know. For the four people that agreed, amen. So some 30, some 60, and some are 100 fold, right? Now, this is, there's no fold in this piece of paper. Are you with me? Now, if I were to take this piece of paper, how many folds is this? <laughs> it's one fold. I folded it once. But how many sides of paper do I have? Four. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> This is one fold of a blessing. When the seed of God's word comes into you, this is one fold. One seed produces four times the harvest. I wish you get it. I wish you get it. One seed produces. Now let me. Wow, I want double portion, God. Double portion. How many sides? Twofold is eight times the amount of what God has given you. From one seed, twofold of blessing is eight times. Now, after this, I, I don't have much patience for maths. You get the point? <laughs> now, think if God were to take this seed and fold it a hundred times. hundred times. It's a blessing. hundred times. Just think, one seed of God's word that you're sitting in this room and you're receiving has the ability to produce a hundredfold harvest. Listen, I'm not talking about money. Because every time we talk about seed, people are talking about money. But I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about the word of God. A hundredfold harvest. Man. 
One seed, one word that you get, one line that you get today is enough for you to, to last you forever. Because it keeps producing and producing and producing an abundance of harvest. See, but the beauty of this parable is really not about the type of soil. Because he's revealing our hearts. The beauty about this parable is the potential of the seed. The potential of the seed, whether it falls on the wayside, thorny ground, stony, whatever you are, it doesn't matter. The potential, the way God loves you is that he gives you a hundredfold harvest every time he talks to you. Every time he talks to you, every time you go to the beach and you sit down with your one dirham chais and you say, God, I want to know you. And he talks to you. Every time he talks to you, he's releasing a hundredfold harvest. If he says to you, I've called you to be prosperous, that word prosperous is a seed that will, when you believe it and you receive that word and you allow your mind to be renewed by that word, now what happens is that seed goes into your mind and it stays there and it starts producing prosperity in you. Do you understand? Do you understand? See, we, we take language as God's word. But language is not God's word. God's word is Jesus. We limit God to just language on a paper. But he's so much more bigger than that. God wants to speak to each one of you. And he's speaking to you right now through me. Do you know one day I was, I was having an encounter with Jesus. Uh, and I didn't know I was in an encounter. And uh, <clears throat> I was... Uh, um, I was in my living room, and I was just worshiping. Kelsey was on a flight. I was worshiping God, and, and I heard a knock on the door. And uh, I knew it was the Lord. And I said, come in. He said, no, you come and open the door for me. You know, no. You didn't understand what I'm, what I, what I'm trying to, what the intention of my heart is. He, he doesn't work for you. You need him. You think that, that I can come to church if God does these miracles. I come to church only if I feel his presence. You can't feel his presence if you don't know him. I know my wife is in the room. Not because she's next to me, but I just know she's in the room. I just know. Like right now, if you only understood what I was saying from this moment, you can actually sense the presence of God in this room. Like I can see a cloud, and it's not my eyes that are failing me. I can see a cloud right now. The glory of God is just in this room. It's God's responsibility to produce a hundredfold harvest. But it's your responsibility to clean your heart. The seed that we have in us is a power seed. It's not a weak seed. It's not a seed that goes to sleep. It's a seed that goes into you, dies, and from that brings life. It's a power seed. Powerful seed. You know, uh, <clears throat> Jesus makes this statement 
The second statement that Jesus is about to, that makes, that he makes <coughs> is in verse 9. And he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. It's a very, it's a very interesting but incomplete statement. Are you okay? Yes. Are you okay with hearing the word of God? Yes. Because right now I'm feeling like you are tired. If you're getting tired, then there's no power. The power is going down like that. Which means you're, just think about it. You're sitting in the body of Christ. And you're connected to the body and you're receiving powerful seed that gives you power. But you're falling asleep. No, no, no. Listen, listen. the guys who are falling asleep, I'm talking to you. The guys who are like, oh my God, you know, I'm tired, man. I had a, I woke up six o'clock this morning. I had night shift. You had night shift, day shift. It doesn't matter. When the power of God is in you, you will stand up and run because it's like electricity in you. So, you okay? You sure? <laughs> he says, he who has, has, not as, he who has, Years to hear, let him hear. And when I, when I read that statement, I was like, there's something about this statement that is incomplete. Okay? There's something about this statement that Jesus made that feels incomplete. And I'm like, I was reading this and I was like, man, Lord, I, I've heard this sentence somewhere. I've, you've said this somewhere else. I've heard this, you saying this. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. I've, I've heard this somewhere else. And the Lord said, yeah, in the book of Revelation. So let's go to Revelation 2. I've never preached on Revelation in this church, which is, which is amazing, but now we're going to dig into it. And in Revelation chapter 2, <clears throat> Jesus is talking to John and he's describing the state of the seven churches. It's so amazing, isn't it? There's such a parallel over here between this and Mark chapter 4. And he's saying, this is my problem with the churches. Jesus is still saying the same statement to the Pharisees that he's saying to the churches years later. He describes, now I'm not going to go into each church, but I'm going to tell you. I mean, he has, we have the loveless church. Right? We have the persecuted church. See, these are all different types of states of the heart. Oh, pastor, I'm going through some persecution. No, yeah, you're going through some persecution, but that's the state of your heart. That persecution is stopping you from receiving the word. Oh, come on now. The loveless church, persecuted, compromising, corrupt, dead, lukewarm, and faithful church. He's talking to the church today and he's saying the church today is, they have people in the church today who have these seven types of soil in their heart. The seven states of the heart. Do you understand? And he's trying to say, but in all of these descriptions, he makes the same statement. He who has a year to hear, let him hear. And then he completes it by saying what the spirit says. And Jesus, when he's talking to the woman at the well, he says, true worship is worship that happens in spirit and in, I'm connecting it, guys, come on. 
Jesus is he's saying, woman, it's not about where you worship. It's not about the mountain. It's not about the temple. It's not about the church building. But a time is coming as now is when true worshipers who worship the Father. Are you listening? Yeah. In spirit and in truth. But here, and then Jesus is telling the woman, he's saying, we know what we worship. Here he's saying, he who has a ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Come oh, come on now. What is the Spirit saying to you today? Because your worship to God is the, the value that you place on God is determined by what the Spirit says. Amen. What is the Spirit saying? He's saying, this is the state of the church. This is the state of your heart. You've fallen out of love with God. The loveless church is the church that has forgotten their first love. It's like the first love that Kelsey and I had. The first love that when we met and we were hanging out and going out together, the desire to know each other. That first love is gone because we become too familiar. We become too familiar with God. We're not pursuing Him to know Him. We're just coming to church because it's a religious duty, man. I'm going to life group only because it's a religious duty. Otherwise, my life coach will call or the pastor will call if I don't see, if he doesn't see me for three weeks, two weeks. In this church, it doesn't happen. I don't call. Because that's your responsibility to come to church. Because you know who you're coming to meet. You're not coming to meet me. My gosh. If you want to meet me, this is the worst place to meet me. You can meet me outside. We can have dinner and absolutely be awesome. But in this moment right here, I am a servant. I am a steward. I am a vessel of what God is saying to the church today. But what you're hearing is not just John's opinion. My goodness, my opinion, you can ask my wife. Completely different at times. I am 99% of the time, I have a joke in my head. Even in a serious moment. But when I come here, I have a responsibility. Jokes aside, God is saying something today to the church. Amen. And it's absolutely important that we place a value on what he's saying. Amen. Are you with me? Yes. And so now, what is the Spirit saying to the loveless church? He's saying, you have fallen out of love. Because you've fallen out of love because you've fallen out of this desire, this intention to know God. You, you go to church because, yeah, yeah, that's what you did all traditional, all your life. Your family did it, now you do it, and so you're coming to this church. But what is, it, what is worship then to you? How do you worship God? You can't worship God if you don't know Him. And so now the Spirit is saying, this is the state of your heart. Let me tell you what He says to the loveless church. He who has, verse 7, he who has has a, an ear. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Next line. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Can you imagine somebody who has fallen out of love with God today begins to pursue God and saying, God, I want to know you. I want to know you, God. I want to know you. To that person who overcomes, he says, I will give you to eat of the tree of life. My gosh, I, I don't know, maybe when I read it, I was so excited, I literally jumped up and I said, I need to preach a series on this. Amen. The reason why people are dying is because they're not eating. And the reason why they're not eating is because they don't know Him. 
Look, to the persecuted church, he says the same thing. He who overcomes. Verse 11, he who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. What? What is that all about? Second death. First death was Christ. And this is to the persecuted church, then the compromising church. Well, we have a lot of compromisers in church today, pastor. Yeah, let him who has a ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. What is the Spirit saying? You're a compromiser. Deal with your heart. If you deal with your heart, now, him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. And I will give him a white stone. And on that stone will be a new name written that no one knows except him who receives it. Come on, man. This is powerful. You stop thinking when I said compromising. I'm telling you, I can read your mind from here. But see, the Holy Spirit is revealing the state of your heart. Oh, those little sins when nobody's watching. The little temptation on the phone, in the bathroom when no one's watching. <laughs> oh, you're making plans to sin. Oh, I need to go out and drink so I lie to the Christians. I won't come to life group because I want to go and party with my friends. Oh, but, I actually, but then when they call me, I'll say, oh, no, I'm not feeling well today. I don't have a fever. I think the season is changing. <laughs> yeah, something's in the air. I know what's in the air. It's called oxygen. Sometimes it's good to take a, a breath. To the corrupt church. He says this, corrupt, corrupt church, not just anybody else. To the corrupt part of your heart, the heart of corruption that's corrupted by, by sin and death. He says, he who overcomes and keeps my word till the end, to him I will give him the power over nations. Oh, I don't know, maybe, uh, okay. I don't, do you understand what's happening here? Are you sure you understand? <laughs> Because to me, I was literally jumping out of my skin when I realized God, when the Spirit reveals my heart to me and He gives me the truth of who I am and I receive the truth of who you are and I begin to worship you according to you, now there's a change that happens in my heart that I go from corruption into incorruption. Chapter 3. To the dead church. The dead part of your heart. Verse 5. He who overcomes shall be clothed with white garments. And I will not blot out his name from the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father and before the angels. He who has a ear to hear. Let him hear what the spirit is saying. What is the spirit saying? Then he's talking to the faithful church. In, 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 in verse 12, he who overcomes, I will make him a pillar of, in, in the temple of my God. And he shall go out no more. I will write my, on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God. The new Jerusalem which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him my new name. Come on, man. The, to the ones who are faithful, the ones who really love God, who, who serve Him, who pursue Him. This is your inheritance. This is your blessing. To the lukewarm church, to the lukewarm part of your heart, this is what He says. To Him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. 
and I will also, I, and as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Come on, man. I don't know, maybe you came ready. You just came to listen to a preaching today. But I'm not here to preach. I'm here to set you free. He's revealing the state of your heart. The spirit reveals the state of your heart. And when the spirit reveals the state of your heart, you've got to deal with it. You've got to say, God, I, was lo I feel loveless. I, I wake up in the morning and I have no love for you. I have love for my phone more than my love for you. I have love for my wife more than I have love for you. I have love for my car more. I get excited when I, when I drive my car because it's new, but I, but I don't get excited to, to spend time with you. Oh, I get excited when the worship song is fast, but when the worship song is slow, I want to sit. It's because I, I don't know you in the, I know you in the fast song. But I don't know you in the slow song. <laughs> huh? The question is, what is the spirit revealing today? Because if the spirit is revealing your state of your heart today, some people sit in this room and they're like, oh, you know, it's too cold here. I want to sit over there. And uh, I need uh, the worship to be 30 minutes and uh, maybe in 40 minutes of the word. Otherwise, I'll go to another church. I would recommend you find another church. No, seriously, I would rec highly recommend. This is not a place to do drama. This is not a place to do religion. This is a place to know God. This is a place where we know him. We love him. We honor him. Our relationship with God is real. It's not just fake stuff. I hate fake. I want real. If it's pain, it's pain, man. Your heart is in pain. Stand before God and say, God, my heart, the spirit reveals that my heart is hurting today, God. But I bring this pain before you and I lay it. You said, take my burden. Take my yoke, which is light and easy. Give me your burden. So I give you my burden in this moment. I want to know you. I want to know you, God. I want to know you. I want to know you more. Because when I know you more, I know that I'm changed. I'm transformed. See, there's a, there's a term in agriculture. Do you have time? Yeah. You have time, right? Sure. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. There's a term in agriculture called, um, it's called uh, cross. No, not cross, crossbreeding. It's called something. Hold on. Crop rotation. Okay. In, in agriculture... What crop rotation is, is that when they, when they plant, let's say they plant beans this season, right? So what happens is that when, when the season is over, they pull the plants out. But when they pull the plants out, the, the science has found out that the plants leave nutrients in the ground. It takes nutrients for the, the, the beans, but then it leaves something back in the ground. So that the farmer can come back now next time and plant onions. So that onions can now receive the nutrients from the ground. And when, they, when, they, when the onions are being pulled up, they, they leave nutrients for tomatoes the next season. Do you understand? Now, when you are in this state of mind where, where God is, you're receiving the word and you're quickly, it's springing up. You're bearing fruit and increasing. God can pull it out. Next season, he can put something else in. 
you understand? Now, instead of waiting for the next season, why not next Friday? Why can't we have faith for next Friday? Before next Friday, God, what I received today, I'm going to allow this seed to go deep into my heart so that I can, so that it can spring up, it can increase, and it can produce 30, 60, 100 fold this week, God. Why not, why not tomorrow? Come on. Why not tomorrow? Because nothing is impossible with God. Why not tomorrow? Why next week? Why not tomorrow? Why do I have to wait five years for my breakthrough? Why not tomorrow? The reason why not tomorrow is because the state of your heart doesn't allow the seed to produce a hundredfold harvest. Come on now. You guys okay? I'm telling you, man. It's what happens when I don't preach for one week. <laughs> what happens to the crop, what happens to the soil when there's a rotation, crop rotation, is that the soil remains filled with nutrients. Your worship to God, are you listening? Your worship to God is not your expression. Your worship to God takes place when your mind is renewed. For your mind to be renewed, as in make new again. Are you listening? For your mind to be made new again, you need the word of God. You need crop rotation. You need word rotation. In your mind. Because when the, when the seed of God, God's word comes and it, it, it starts planting in you, the roots, and go, it goes down. When God wants to give you a new season and he releases a blessing over your life, he leaves some nutrients in you. So the ground that was like wayside starts becoming like stony ground. And then over a, the next season from stony ground, it becomes thorny ground. From that thorny ground, it becomes good ground. Do you understand? See, renewing of the mind allows whatever state of your heart is doesn't matter. Just receive the word anyways. Just receive, God, I'm not fighting. I'm not fighting with this. I don't want to strive with this. I, I receive this as your word. I receive your word, God, into my life. And when you receive God's word into your life, God's word begins to transform your mind. Your worship is worship only when truth has renewed your mind. Your worship becomes idol worship when yesterday's revelation is processed today. See, a lot of times we do this in worship. We think we're singing songs, but actually because it's the pastor's favorite song and he's put it on the list, just saying. You're responding to the state of my heart. Not the state of God, your father's heart. See, every line that we sing here today every song that we sang today although we sang it together the reason why we use we say we call it worship is because music has the ability lyrics on the wall has the ability to bring us all together in one place to do one thing and what is that allow our minds to be renewed by the lyrics on the wall
If you're new in this church, you would have heard people screaming at certain lines and certain lyrics on the wall. Why do we do that? It's because I know God like that. I know him like that. That's why I'm celebrating. That celebration is giving God worship. Do you understand? You saying yes, amen, amen is worship. You're responding to the word that is coming from God because you now believe God is talking to me. I know what he's talking about. I know what he's saying. He's saying it to me. He's not talking to somebody else. I, I know I've been in church for, for almost all my life. And, and when worship starts, certain songs, people will just stand. They stand. They don't want to worship. Why? No, no, no. It's not my personality. It's not my, it's not my personality to sing. But you take that same person to a club. Then a different personality comes out. So to me, you're schizo. Because you're different personalities in different environments. See, let me, let me, let me boil it down. Let me, let me leave you with this. Because you look like you're about to cry or run away from the church. What we've been doing all our lives is responding to a God we don't know. Personally, don't know. I know him through the pastor. I know him through God TV. I know him through YouTube. I know him through all these other sources. But personally, I don't hear his voice. And when I don't hear his voice, my worship becomes idol worship. See, when you give your life to Jesus, you give your life to him so that he can become your personal Lord and Savior. God came down to the earth so that you could go to heaven. Worship is not about singing and dancing, although that is a part of worship. People exalt and celebrate the expression more than the relationship. If you're on the worship team in this room, the reason why you're on the worship team is because you know God more than people. <laughs> if you want to be in the worship team now. <laughs> the reason why you, you, you come up here and do what you're doing is because you know him. If you, you stand up here and preach in this church, the only criteria is I want to know that you know him. I don't want you to talk about somebody else's examples. I don't want you to preach somebody else's word. Talk to me about what he's saying to you. What is he saying to you personally? I sit with the Lord almost every day and I ask him, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to the church? And he talks. He talks. And every time he talks, you get to know him. I want the worship team to come up because we're going to get into some worship again. <laughs> I'm going to give you an opportunity. Now would be the right time. If you want to go home, now would be the time to go home. But I want to give you an opportunity today to respond to the word. This is not a moment where you can just 
treated lightly. We're not just going to sing songs now. What we're going to do is, in your heart, you need to say, God, based on what John was saying today, through it all, I heard you. And because I heard you, now I'm responding to you based on the lyrics on these walls. Are you with me? Okay, now let's stand. We're going to do this power when we worship song again. <clears throat> And after that, <clears throat> I've got a prophetic word to give you. So I've got a word from God to give you other than this word. So, so now would be a good time if you want to go home. Now would be a good time to go home. <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah. Put your hand on your heart. And say, God, thank you for this word. Thank you for speaking the truth plainly. Thank you, God, that you are not a sugar-coating God. You know my heart. You know me better than anybody else. And in this moment, I stand before you being real. I lay my heart before you, God. And I ask for your spirit to reveal to me the real state of my heart. Lord, I ask you that in these moments that you will speak to me personally, that I would know you personally so that I can worship you. I can worship you with all my heart. I want to worship you with all my heart. I want to give you everything that you deserve. God, I have value in my heart for you. But I want this value to be based on your word, God. Nothing else but your word. So today I just open up my heart to you, God. I promise to express myself to you. Just like Pastor John was saying, how he treats his wife when he knows her. I want to treat you, God. I want to serve you, God. I want to express my love for you, God, based on how you reveal yourself to me. So right now in this moment, God, I ask you to speak to me.